A breeze showed me the way. I slipped from the hot, frenzied crowd in the revival tent. Going under and out a loose flap in the heavy canvas like a much younger child. The wind rustled the musty fabric, even though I hadn't felt it on my own flushed skin. Sister Faye and the other matron's attention was focused on the cheap portable podium at the front of the crowd. They were all red too. From the closeness and the summer heat and the fervor of the other revival attendees. And Brother Tate. As the preacher yelled about the fire that would consume non-believers, I was suddenly sure that the hellfire he wanted them to fear was actually here, already inside them, burning all the people around me from the inside out. I had seen this fire before in Sister Faye's eyes whenever I strayed from the path. As far as I could tell, and I'd had all of my 13 years to figure it out, you strayed when you asked questions or when you were too slow, too quick, too anything but obedient with your eyes cast down and your shoulders bowed to take up less space. Invisible. It had gotten harder and harder to hide in plain sight as my body resisted my attempts to stay small. I could, most of the time, control my voice and my eyes, but I couldn't help what was becoming a lean, gawky figure with hands, feet, and shoulders too big to be unnoticed. And breasts. Soft fullness that only stood out more because the rest of me was so bony. Growing. The white patent leather Mary Jane Sister Faye had forced onto my feet that morning, pinched my toes, and made me walk in tiny mincing steps, both unnatural and highly ineffective for getting very far very fast. Since Sister Faye was always telling me to slow down, it would have been pointless and probably painful to complain. Much more painful than pinched toes or the blisters I would surely have come morning. Morning was my goal. Tonight, when I'd followed the crowd into the tent to find creaky folding chairs for all the smaller children in the back, I felt exposed when Brother Tate had singled me out. He'd commented on what a good girl I was to help the sisters shepherd the little ones into place. But I hadn't felt good. The praise had made the hair rise up on the back of my neck, and the palms of my hands go wet in a scared, cold sweat that wouldn't wipe away on my skirts, no matter how hard I tried. No wonder the sudden fluttering movement of loose canvas caught my attention. Here, it seemed to say, Look, here, a way out. I dropped down to my knees and left the pounding fist of the preacher and the brimstone he shouted about behind. I didn't even dust off the faded cotton of my Sunday dress when I got back to my feet on the other side. I just started walking. Away from the repurposed circus tent, away from the strange fire in people's eyes, there was nowhere for me to go. I'd been left at the girl's home as a baby with no hint of my heritage, save for the mark of her mother's sins on my left shoulder. Sister Faye often used a green birch on the pale strawberry birthmark as if to flay it away. But the pink patch of skin was always there when the switch marks healed. Since I had nowhere to go, I aimed for a when. 
morning. With my toes pinched and no flashlight, it was a mountainous goal for a girl who couldn't even manage to be seen and not heard. But the sunrise called to me from somewhere down the long stretch of country road that disappeared out of sight on the horizon. It seemed right to take one step after another away from the tent and in the opposite direction of the home for wayward girls. <laughs>